Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Oh, we're recording. This is good. Now, now it's just time for me to talk. Um, gosh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Wimbledon. Tough to see Serena lose yesterday. Excited to see what happens. Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> Were you just talking to an empty room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to listen back to that later. Oh, it's going to be so underwhelming. Good, 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 good. good. <laughs> Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I'm your host and a guest speaker at a bird funeral, Edwin Janes. And with me as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Well, big deal. I worked in a warehouse, men's warehouse. <laughs> hey, Edwin. Uh, hey, hey, listeners, you're pr- this is a little different. I know Mike, uh, uh, Ed- Edwin doesn't have his mic. He's in Monterey. Uh, I'm, I'm here and I got a plumber in my house. It's about to get real noisy in my house. Uh, Sean is, Sean is working late and, uh, but we wanted to just sit down and at least give you, give you something new. We're going to do a couple ordinary things questions, uh, and then, and then replay an old episode. I think our Meredith episode, yes, one of our favorites, really one of our personal favorites, one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, that's, so that's it's a great episode. Um, anyway, but yeah, we just want, wanted to still talk with you guys. Say hi, you know, yeah. give you something new. Um, but like I said, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's so funny cause there's, I've had a plumber downstairs the last few hours working on, on something at our house. And <laughs> I, I, I just went down to check on him if he was going to leave when we were recording. I'm like, I'm about to record this thing. It'll take like 20, 30 minutes. And he's like, Oh, I'm literally about to start cutting metal. <laughs> like the loudest oh. possible thing you could do. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Uh, because well, we, we just had a, found a huge plumbing issue the day we left on our whole trip last week. Like the morning oh, no. we left, we were running our dishwasher and how and water was just coming out of the siding of our house outside of the kitchen. Like oh. right out of the wood. It's like Has it been happening for a while? You we don't know. Like- we okay. it, it, I don't think it's been that long, but anyway, that's what's getting fixed. Just uh, make sure that you take note of, of how they look because in a few months from now you never know. They could be the lead in Sweeney Todd. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That your plumber could have pipes. You never know. I should ask. And if you got to pay attention to the musical overtures because you want to hear them when they come back later. I should. I should. I should walk by him just being like, "Uh, uh, just see if he. Turn the tail of, and then (laughs) (laughs) he turns around. Turns around with a wrench. Sweetie Todd. (laughs) Found him. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're just saying, we're just saying, hey, we're just chatting here. Um, before we get into some ordinary things questions, uh, 
And if you're a new listener, this is not how our episodes normally go. Just that, that's probably <laughs> clear. But uh, ordinary things is when we just take some things that happen in the office and talk about how it correlates to our own life. Uh, before we get into that, uh, uh, quick, quick plug for our Patreon, our Scott's Tots. We put up a Patreon mailbag episode this week. I thought it was one of our best. One of our I best. Doing quite a bit. That yeah. was a really fun one. We, we almost got two hours. Even um, for someone. And nice. And there's, I think that was our 25th one now. We've done 25. And we do mm-hmm. those once a month, though. That's over two years we've been doing those. So um, if you need 25 more, just pure mailbag episodes, uh, join our Patreon. Five bucks gets you in the door. And you get to stay in there with you pay five bucks, by the way. Uh, and you don't just get those 25 mailbag episodes. You also get um, some extra bonus episodes. I think we did an anti-episode draft. We did we released some test recordings from the early days of our podcast. Plus, you have season two of our Ted Lasso podcast. So, um, did we do more the, listen to? Did we do the tag draft on our main feed, or is that Patreon? I don't remember. I don't as remember with many either. things, <laughs> as with many topics that we've covered on the show, <laughs> there's a couple draft episodes uh, uh-huh. on there too. Yeah, the old mm-hmm. recordings. Um, the old days, man. Edward and I were just talking about, boy, remember when we used to just all drive to a little s- mobile studio together and sit in a trailer and record? And now mm-hmm. now we're all over the country recording operation. Right. We're going carbon neutral. That's right. And poor Sean, just working like a dog, man. No time to rec- No time for us anymore. Sean's hit the big time. <laughs> anyway, do you want to get into some questions, Edward? What do you, what do you got for us? Yeah, just thinking about a couple of things. I mean, these are kind of office-related questions that we can kind of spin into uh, more uh, discussion-based questions about our own lives. But I guess one thing that all three of us did, um, not last weekend, but the weekend before, we were all at weddings. We were all traveling yes. for weddings. Yes, we um, were. In different parts of the country, even different from where we are right now. Um, so I guess first question is, which office wedding would be the most fun to attend as a guest? There are a number of weddings we see, including... Ooh. Phyllis and Rob, or Phyllis and uh, Bob, um, Dwight and Angela, Jim and Pam, Roy and Laura. Oh yeah, yeah. I do love a Tuesday uh, morning wedding. There's also a technically, I guess, Dwight and Angela in the church with Andy as the witness. And oh, in the barn. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the barn. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a weird uh, choice. <laughs> but yeah, and then, um, the 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 um, the pump fake wedding of. On the booze cruise, where Captain Jack offers to marry them. <laughs> so, oh gosh! Yeah. Um, so, what what wedding would you want to attend as a guest? I uh, I do love a mimosa, but I'm not I'm not going to Roy and Laura's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, the oh boy, I mean, for me, it's it's a it's a pretty close tie between Jim and Pam's and Dwight and Angela's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, dude, I just think the stories you'd get from Dwight and Angela's wedding is what I, where I'd want to be, man. Like, watching two people get married in a grave would just blow my mind. <laughs> um, I just, I feel like I'd talk about that wedding for the rest of my life. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go Dwight and Angela. I think Dwight and Angela would give you the most kind of, there, there's an element of reunion in Dwight and Angela's, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, the, you also have the con of ha- having to carry that hay, hay bale. <laughs> um, yeah, right. That's but right. but overall, it would definitely be the most interesting. You'd probably have the most interesting food, yeah. the exotic meats that are all goat. Oh yeah, uh, different butter sculptures. Ryan would ride in on a horse at the end. It'd be mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> um, but no, that's a great that's a great pick. I guess hmm. Phyllis and Bob is the most traditional. Yeah, that's Let's that's go. straight up. 
I think I'll go, I'll go Jim and Pam. Yeah. And just because it's memorable, it's kind of um, I, it's kind of kitsch on purpose. Niagara Falls, sure. like it's uh, maybe that's the wrong word to say. I, I don't mean it that way, but like uh, unique and fun and memorable uh, destination wedding kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, I would. I, I've never been to Niagara Falls. So I'd love to see it. Um, I I enjoy kitsch, as does my wife. In fact, we just spent our, a week long road trip uh, touring some some very kitschy places across the the Midwest. Um, so I think we'd have a great time there. So yeah, I think I think those have got to be the two picks. I mean, if you're picking Phyllis and Bob's wedding, I guess Kevin and the Zits are playing the reception. Maybe That'd be if you pretty love fun. the police. Yeah, you if you like, yeah, I was gonna say you love the police. <laughs> You love wedding crashers. You like talking old Celtics ball with Uncle Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a fun wedding, but yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking of Roy's wedding, I think uh, Jim's when is it time to cut the pancake joke? It's pretty underrated. That's it's very oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ten thirty on a Tuesday yeah. wedding. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. But I guess mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We haven't been to a we haven't been Long to wedding. a second wedding yet. Or like a not that, that Roy and Laura is a second wedding, but it feels like a second wedding. I feel like they're a little older. Oh, sure. Like, I, like at some point, if we have you know friends that are that get divorced later and they have another, they get married again. It's like the weddings get smaller and smaller and smaller as, yes. as you get older. Yeah. So I could see why you've been like, we're just gonna do a little thing Tuesday morning. We're having brunch. <laughs> Come through. Like I could see that eventually, but. Uh, I don't know. So I guess to make this kind of an ordinary things yes. question, I guess what are some memorable wedding stories that you have, or like maybe best or most unique thing that you've uh, seen at a wedding? Sure. Or at a wedding? Well, I'll start with one I just went to last weekend. So I went to uh, my my wife and I went to one in Grand Rapids. We flew into Grand Rapids, Michigan. We rented a car. We drove Grand Rapids through the week to Colorado Springs and had a second wedding in Colorado Springs. And that second wedding, um was at her the at the bride's you know the house she grew up they have about four acres outside of colorado springs really beautiful property and her dad had spent the last year and a half clearing some trees planting grasses making all these places on their property to go they built this new little barn place um they had a big tent up it was like gorgeous property and uh wedding was going to start at at 5 30 everyone showed up around five and about 5 15 the rain started and did not stop till about 11 p.m like it oh which i was told is very rare in colorado that like you have rain that lasts that long usually it's like 20 minutes to an hour of like hard rain and then it turns off um so what made that really memorable though was they had to move everything into the tent where dinner was going to be and just watching that production was kind of amazing watching all the all the videographers and, and photographers and, and sound system move inside. And, but then what was great is like, it, it kind of created this really intimate thing where everyone was kind of crowded into a tent and it was raining outside. You could hear the rain for the whole thing. They did the ceremony inside. Um, and then uh, kind of an inverse of, of Phyllis and Bo- of uh, Jim and Pam's wedding is that the bride and groom had prepared like a two or three minute dance choreographed dance that they did together. Like for their first dance. Uh, and it was super cool. It was just very awesome. Got the party going. Very memorable wedding. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? Hey. Um, hmm. All right. The, the things that come to mind aren't necessarily features of the wedding, but just uh, funny things from weddings, I guess. One, you were there for, uh, although maybe you weren't with us when it happened, but it was at um, some of our friends' wedding. One of our friends' weddings. Um, I know. It's so hard to not drop names. <laughs> 
I know. I don't, maybe I, I won't First say it. But are okay. yeah, okay. Um, our, well, our friend, our friend, uh, Christian Mary's wedding. Yeah. Um, the first big wedding of our friends. The first of our friends to kind of get married, and we all to get to the reception. A lot of us met at, at a, a friend's parents' house where we were going to stay, and then we rented a bus to take us to the reception. Um, what I don't, I didn't know this at the time, but it was a school bus. So oh, yes, yes, we all I was there. pulled up. We all pulled up to the wedding reception in a big school bus together, just kind of all spilled out. <laughs> um, and uh, if I remember correctly, somebody tipped that bus driver thinking he was the driver of the like wedding limo car at the end of the night. <laughs> I didn't know that. How about like like a big tip or just? I think like yeah yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, another time, um, yeah, your brother and I drove to a wedding. and uh, oh, I know what this is. Is this the donuts? We, yeah, the donuts. Like he was asked to pick up the donuts. And so we stopped at this donut shop to pick up the donuts on the way to the wedding. They had like a pegboard where you hung the donuts and like instead of yeah. cake, you can go grab Instead of bowler hats, it was donuts. <laughs> looked like a hat rack. <laughs> but uh, we pulled up to the donut shop and he went in and he said, I'm here to pick up donuts for the wedding. And they're like, okay, that'll be 300. Like they had, <laughs> nobody had paid for it. So he it was like, ooh, he had to pay for it on the spot. <laughs> very much, the, very much like Dwight in launch party being like, so <laughs> I'll be reimbursed for the pies or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the wedding, the people at the donut shop knew kind of too. They're like, I hope you didn't get them a present already. <laughs> he must have gotten paid back eventually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just, yeah, that was funny. Man, I remember that bus ride home after that wedding too. I was I was gone, man. Oof. That was fun. Um, yeah. That was a good one. Uh, okay. Next question. Yeah, yeah, give me another. We see, uh, again, thinking about travel, we see a lot of road trips in the office. Like what, who would you want a road trip with mm. and or what car would you want to be in? There's so many different. I thought of this as more of like you're in a car with a couple characters because that's kind of what we see. Mm-hmm. We don't really see a lot of individuals driving. Yeah. But dude, I yeah, I want to like I want to I want I want a road trip with Daryl like anywhere I, I, down the West Coast with Daryl would be so much fun. Um, in gosh, as far as the car, I'm not a. I don't know. I don't know a ton about cars or i'm not a car guy oh, but i don't know some some like some like like a 68 mustang just just a just a classic american like american muscle car would be so much fun um thing about daryl is like i think he's great company i think he'd be good conversation um there'd be a lot of i think you'd be passing off the baton for who's playing the music a ton and there, you get you get a lot of good music time in um you could go to some karaoke nights in like a weird small town and it'd be super fun with him as well. Um, for me, a good part of a road trip is maybe there's some camping at some point. I think he'd be Daryl'd be fun to to sit around a campfire and play some music with. Uh, yeah, that's 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 my choice. I think Daryl too is probably underappreciated for how diverse his music taste is. We yep. see him sing along to Rascal Flatts. That's they right. Sing the Peter Frampton song. Like Daryl, I think it's you were talking about sharing maybe the ox chord. I think Daryl see him uh, lay a, a blues line down. Yeah, yeah. He he works as a karaoke machine with his keyboard. That's so right. I think it's a really good call that Daryl, I think, would be just for the, the sheer uh, sharing music kind yeah. of thing would be really fun. I thought of this as more like um, certain different car destinations and trips. Like I thought of, for example, when Michael and Andy get off the bus mm. in the uh, christening episode and Aaron picks them up and 
I think I didn't think of it as such a long term trip, but I would like to be in the car with them because they're so happy to be back in the United States <laughs> where they have movies. And they're so they're so bummed to have missed out on hanging out with the rest of the of the gang. But I think if you were to road maybe if you were to road trip with Michael and Andy and Aaron, they would be so excited to do activities together. Oh my god, you're right. Like you would just have a lot of fun. They you know that my like between Aaron, Michael and Andy, you would stop at every sort of roadside tourist. I was gonna attraction. say it would take nine hours <laughs> to do a three hour drive. <laughs> They'd be excited to, you know, hang out, go to go to different diners or whatever it is. Like I think they would be a fun travel group, dude. Um, so that's one of the first ones that came. The out. collective uh, sugar highs and sugar crashes you'd have with that group after you stopped at like a drive-through and got some soft serve. That car would be unbearable for like twenty minutes, and then everyone would crash so hard. There's a deleted scene in I think I'm I'm, I'm sure it's a deleted scene in the shareholder meeting episode when they have the limo. And they take the limo back, and Michael falls asleep, like, on the way back. Oh, yeah. Or maybe he falls asleep. It, it, on the way there or on the way back. But he falls asleep, so he misses the limo ride that he was so excited about. <laughs> and he wakes up, and he's so upset to have missed it. And he sees that they, like, stopped and got fast food. Oh, yeah. He, like, missed out on this yeah. road trip adventure, <laughs> which is so funny because it's, like, it's just Michael's dream come true to just have friends and have yeah. a fun shared experience like that. Very much like the trip to the movies he misses with the whole office in, in Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah. Um I'll give you an, an ordinary things road trip story. I I in for one a spring break in college, uh, my buddy Leland and I drove from Eugene out to uh Moab in Utah where my my cousin works where I, I had done some I I would do raft guiding a few years after that, but uh we took a truck, a pickup truck that was a stick shift and I was like, "Leland, do you know how to drive stick?" He's like, "Yeah, of course." I didn't know how to drive stick. Find out the morning we leave, Leland doesn't know how to drive stick. He's like, how hard could it be? Like, which is very Leland to just be like, the world be fine. And then you're like, no, this is kind of life or death now. And he's like, well, we'll be fine. Um, he's like, I've driven a motorcycle. How different could it be? <laughs> which I understand is pretty different. Um, so we collectively learned how to drive stick together uh, on that drive, which is which was great because once you're on the interstate or the highway, it's easy. It's fine. It's just normal driving pretty right. much. But coming off an off ramp or like going into a town and the stoplights, it would get so heated and stressful because all you were trying to do is not stall it. And then you start, uh, you start shit talking of like, Oh, uh, I, he's like, I'll bet you $5. You're going to stall it right here. And you're like, that's not helping man. It's, 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 uh, it's good that they call it the clutch because you're under a lot of pressure <laughs> when you learn to drive it. <laughs> yes. And we burned under that. We burned that clutch under the pressure. Um, Shout out to Tom who let us take his truck first up for a week with two two fucking jack offs who didn't know how to drive stick right shift. There. But he did, and we did it. Oh, and of course, the night before we left, Tom illegally parked that truck, and he already had like fifteen outstanding parking tickets. And the city of Eugene booted his car the night before, <laughs> and you know. Leo and I lived with some like anarchists at the time <laughs> in a big house and they were like, Oh, no problem, man. We know how to take a boot off. Sure enough. First thing in the morning, they come out with like a, a couple screwdrivers and they just knock the boot off. They just know how to do it. And they're, they're like, all right, have a good trip. We're like, you sure you guys are cool with this? And apparently the police showed up at the house like two hours later looking for Tom. Uh, and, and it was like, what car? And they were like, well, we just want the boot back because you guys took our boot. <laughs> I don't think they forgot it back. <laughs> Boy, That's not hilarious. proud of that. But um, 
Yeah, that was a whole trip. We got caught in a dust storm uh, out near Goblin Valley, which is one of the most bizarre places on Earth. That's where they seen photos of it. That's yeah. where they filmed Galaxy Quest. If you saw that movie with the beryllium spheres, long time ago. Yeah, 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 that's they filmed that in Goblin Valley, and uh, we risked it on like not having much gas to go there and back, and then we realized we're screwed, and. So we just had to make a play for this tiny town on the map called Hanksville. We had no idea if there was even a gas station and uh, coasted it on the fumes out of a dust storm. What a trip that was. But we made it. And uh, that was that was the most memorable road trip I've had. You were the goblins escaping the valley. We were. We got out. We got out. That's amazing. Um, last question that we thought of is just a brainstorm. Um, best hotel, office hotel moment. Sean, as we know, is on the road. He's uh, work, living in a hotel while he's out there uh, i'm in a hotel currently um and uh i just i think it's something we haven't talked about best office hotel moments oh that's good uh, i think for me uh everything in the convention oh god the... i didn't even think about the convention <laughs> Girl, come on. Yeah, yeah. um just michael taking the opportunity to throw a party and uh yeah. what that would entail and um just just Offering the shot and then Dwight offering to take the shot with him. Ugh, it's not even new. It is a booze-fueled <laughs> sex romp. <laughs> Inviting Jerome Bettis. And then, uh, you know, Jim going to go to play a prank on Dwight and Angela's there. It just – it's it's kind of like um, when – it feels like a field trip almost. It does. Like the kids are in the hotel and they're having yeah. fun like – they're playing pranks on each other or whatever. They're like running the halls. It kind of, it has that kind of energy to it. You saw a can con. <laughs> I mean, Michael's like that. I feel like whenever he gets out of the house or the office or anywhere where the, the rules are a little, little blurry around the edges. Um, that that's, that's a really good hotel moment. I mean, obviously um, La Fonda at the alcohol club in, in, yes. in Tallahassee yeah. is an all time hotel moment as well, as is, Specifically, the outtakes from the bed bug scene, where they yeah. walked away smug like this. That's one of the best sets of uh, bloopers in the show, for sure. Um, but the first thing, weirdly, that came to mind was was Andy tearing his scrot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything happened in Niagara. Yeah. There's just something to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that little dance off. Uh, some some good hotel moments. Of course, how, how, we'd be remiss to not mention the irrigation room. At, at Shroot Farms as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically a hotel stay. Uh, mm -hmm. What century is this? Can you imagine Shroot Farms on Airbnb? I never thought about this before. Probably be. Air beat, air beat and beat. Yeah. Ooh, Edwin. Good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The other moment that comes to mind for me, and I think this is a hotel bar, is when Michael and D'Angelo meet for the first time. Oh, yeah. The Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, that's skiing. a hotel bar. Right? Yeah, that's at a hotel bar. Yeah. They just meet there, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh mm -hmm. I don't know if you could hear that. No, you're good. Ooh, that, I mean, the house is shaking. He's like, <laughs> he's on. He's sawing through some foundational stuff down there. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like Dwight found a mold in your house. And he's that's there to essentially what's there. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel uh, like there's actually now it's like, man, there's a lot more than you think. We didn't get a lot of hotel moments. Um when when Michael and Pam are on the road, except them coming out of their rooms and like loading up yeah. the car. Mm -hmm. um, and then not a lot either on business trip, except for the concierge scene, which is which is exactly. a they lot have, of fun. They have kind of a hotel bar-ish yeah. scene as well, but the hotel bar doesn't feel as a link to the hotel. Right. Uh, and and the bar scene's at the Woodsman. 
yeah. Oh, that's that's true. <laughs> good, good. Oh, the woodsman's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Good question. Uh, did you have a did you have a, a correlation? Do you have a good hotel? Do you have a good hotel story? That I, I didn't think about the second part of this question. Really. Um, but there's a, I mean, or, or maybe I just don't have a good one. I think that's probably more likely. I mean, hotels um, are pretty much boring. Mm-hmm. A lot of hotel stuff is wedding related, which we kind of already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the theme hotels that Anne and I stayed at had uh, on this on this trip was was under this like it was called the Pearl Under the Sea. It was like big clamshell bed. Um, it had a huge fish tank. It had a jacuzzi tub, and the whole thing was painted like under the ocean. The bar looked like a ship. Uh, I'll show you some pictures of it. Uh, it was a pretty wild hotel, but we this is in, in um, uh, Clinton, Illinois. For anyone who's interested, Sunset Inn and Suites. There's these themed suites. The first one we checked in was called the Space Room, and the pictures of it. It's like, ooh, this is cool. It's all dark, and there's like space lights everywhere. And we got in. It was like. It was a very sunny day, and it was suddenly like, it's very dank and dark in this room. And they allow smoking in some of the suites, and someone before us had probably smoked an entire pack, maybe two packs the (laughs) night before in that room. And there was, like, cigarette ash on the sofa, and it was just like, we need to get out of here immediately. Like, it felt so bad. I gagged twice just walking into the room. I was just going like, (laughs) and uh, But we we, luckily had the... uh, Pearl under the sea room, which was much better. One time, okay, this reminds me. One time, and this is kind of a road trip story too. I was with my family, and I was I was a kid, and we had driven like most of the day. We used to drive, you know, Portland to Southern California to see family. We stopped at Klamath Falls, mm. and uh, I guess like a couple days a year, all the bugs around the lake hatch, oh. and like for just a couple days, there's just so many bugs. They were like all over the windshield and stuff. They're everywhere. And when we got to the hotel. <laughs> Uh, they were just like all over the lobby. They would like completely cover the bulbs in the lobby. And it was just like a couple days a year. They all hatch. They're all alive. And then a lot of them die or they go dormant or something. I mean, yeah. I don't remember. It was so long ago. But I just remember like the hotel was just covered with bugs. We went in and they like brought me into the room. And my and, and uh, my parents were just like, we can't do this. Because the hotel room was also like kind of filled with bugs. And they were like, it's not a lot we can do. Whatever. And uh, they, they've been driving all day. So they were just like. Oh, we can't, we can't stay here. They had to, we had to find another place to oh, stay. But uh, the worst, yeah. just the worst, worst thing, just bugs like all over. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh, here's, dude, I'm sorry. Here's another that. hotel story involving our uh, our dear uh, missing friend Sean. Maybe we talked about this, but like when we were at uh, our buddy Matt's wedding earlier. Uh, well, not earlier, but at the end of last, last year, fall. In the fall of last year. Um, I mean, you were there. Uh, Sean and I were both in the wedding, and like we had to, we woke Sean up. Like it was like pretty close to go time for we needed to be oh, there. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, you know, we had the rehearsal dinner the night before. They had the blackout curtains going, and like it was, it was like really close. Um, but we got there just in the nick of time. And uh, if if the listeners might remember on our Instagram story, one time we posted this video of Sean playing the theme of the office wearing a suit. It was from that wedding. Oh so. yeah. That's some great, and our uh, friend, our friend Will is also a very good piano player, and he played a bunch in that lobby. That was a that was a yeah. fun little moment there at the lobby. It's a great one. That, and that um, dude, there was some other detail I was gonna have. I'll say this, man. Sometimes rehearsal dinners are risky because, like, yes. the vibe is everyone's there. 
you want to drink with all your friends. It's like your first night all together, but it's like you got a wedding the next day. Like mm-hmm. you got to be in bed by 11 and you can't drink that much, but it's so hard to not because you're having you're out at dinner and the wine's flowing and sure, have another one and it keeps going. And then, yeah, combine that with blackout curtains, you're toast. Yeah, yeah. But hey, he made it. Wedding was great. Um, it, speaking of rain, it there was just like this perfect, it rained like for a lot of the day, but it rained it, and there was a window just a perfect amount of time. I mean, you were yeah. there, of course, but yeah. just yeah. enough time for us to have the ceremony and the sun in the, in the garden. So um, a great wedding, but yeah. That was a good one. Shout out to- Garden us. party. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Shout out to Louisville. Great town. Well, I think that's it, huh? That's we hit about a half hour here. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, went, that flew by. Yeah. Man. <laughs> thanks for thanks for hanging with us, listeners. Well, we just yeah. chat about our own lives and some office inspired questions. Yeah, new, new listeners, this is definitely a change of pace. But um, mm-hmm. old listeners, hope you enjoyed it. And and we're gonna we're gonna play a little music here, and then we'll bring in uh, we'll we'll play the old Meredith episode. So stick around if you want to hear an oldie, one of our favorites, uh, or just don't you don't have to do whatever you want well and then we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh you can find us on ah. you can message us on instagram you can send us emails at uh, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com email is the preferred way to get in contact with us um we've got a patreon that you can subscribe to patreon.com um five bucks a month gets you a bunch of bonus episodes mm-hmm. a new mailbag comes out every month um we will be shutting down the merch store um, within the next oh, yeah, uh, the end of this month, which is, I think, just a day or two after this will come out. Um, but we will look at new ways to, to do merch, but um, just uh, just something to note. But um, special thanks to Ryan Lowy, who does all of our artwork. Yeah. Um, oh, our, our phone Ray. number is 503-694-9314. If you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, I'd say every every six, seven episodes, we do a listener voicemail. And we're due for another I think one. We're about due. Uh, I knew I knew I was missing something. <laughs> uh, so thank you, thank you, buddy, for uh, for for helping me there. Um, Patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Join us. Um, but yeah, more. But but uh, and uh, this video, this episode was recorded over video chat. Sean does a good job of handling all these things. He's got his. <laughs> I've seen it. Right I've now. seen it. He, he has a note that he keeps uh, mm-hmm. with the script, so he's he's got it dialed in. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Clearly, I'm improving just as well as Michael does um, yes. <laughs> all the time. But but, uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, it means the world to us that you'll listen and hang out and support us. Um, spend some time while we uh, just kind of catch up, talk about The Office and some fun memories uh, from our old lives. But uh, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. And enjoy this Meredith episode. World, this is my blood. It's red, just like yours. So love me. <laughs> That's right next to the pippity-poppity button, and it's always tempting to just play that instead. (laughs) Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right. Um. So it'd be fun to go loose with this one. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean...
Let's play it. We'll play it like Meredith. Just who gives a f- fast and loose, baby. Uh. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and rehab facility receptionist, Sean Roney. I'm Edwin Jane's supplier relations. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I don't mind telling you that I have an addiction. I do. <laughs> to porn. Oh. <laughs> I love the, oh. Oh. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office, uh, this Every week, other week in November. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're talking about Meredith Palmer, a.k.a. the Marinator, <laughs> a.k.a. Mary Beth, Mare, and Fire Girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, later in the episode, we'll do a conference room, as we always do, and some trivia, as we always do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about Meredith Palmer, played by the great Kate Flannery, um, who was born and raised in Pennsylvania. Uh, she was a member of Second City in Chicago. She's done lots of stage work as well as television, including Nora Ephron's Love, Lost, uh, Love, Loss, and What I Wore. Uh, before The Office, she made appearances on The Bernie Mac Show, Boomtown, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and The Jimmy Kimmel Live Show. Um, last year, she was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> which I didn't even know that. Uh, really? And, yeah. And she's the former musical director of the Los Angeles Drama Club, where she taught Shakespeare to children and young adults. So, wow. Bet you didn't know that. Do you think she can? <laughs> I guess, I guess she sings a little bit in the show. She does some karaoke. Yeah, no, she has a lot of musical. Oh, yeah. In fact, oh, that's another thing. She's does this like show with uh, Jane Lynch, and she's done, she's on Jane Lynch's. Uh, Christmas album. Mm. So, oh yeah, I read that. I think I checked that read the same Wikipedia article you are looking at. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, I uh, we've been circling Meredith for a while, and we've had a lot of people asking, "Okay, can you guys do Meredith?" And uh, we can do Meredith, uh, but she, well, she would probably be down. <laughs> no, th- she is okay. So, have you guys seen the charts of like you know the the like there's like D and D alignments or the or the Myers Briggs test of all the you know we've talked characters. about them on our right. show a couple times. Yes, yeah. So Meredith is usually categorized on those as like chaotic neutral. Yeah, uh, which I agree with. I mean, do you, do you get, would you guys agree with that? That that's right. sort of what Meredith is on the show. <laughs> if it's it's like lawful good, neutral good, you know, chaotic good. Uh, I would maybe go chaotic good, but but chaotic yeah, in that good. Zone, perhaps you think perhaps. Meredith is a is Meredith a force for good in the office? 
What What do you think that she's done that is that you could point to that's a good thing that she's done, I guess? Well, I was going to get to there that kind of stuff over the course of our discussion. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but we can start with it off the top if you want. Um, I like to start with a bird's eye, you know, like yeah. what's what's her role on the show? I will say I will say that over the course of the show, I just noticed that Meredith is such a bro to so many of the other characters. She's just a good oh, friend. Yeah. To a lot of other characters in ways that are very subtle and not really expecting or that we as viewers aren't necessarily expecting. Um, Even though (laughs) at first glance you're thinking about like it's probably not the first thing that comes to mind when you think of her. It's probably not the funniest moment or anything like that. But but that's something I noticed in preparing for this episode. I I am very excited to talk about Meredith because as we've done these other character profiles and as we've done other episodes, we find ourselves – finding really great Meredith moments that we love and it just, it builds up that excitement uh, to do this episode. So I think we're all really excited to get into it. She's definitely a character. Like as I, as I age and get older that I appreciate more and more and more. Oh yeah. Um, well, dude, and her- she, she's just unapologetically herself. And I feel like she just, she's always looking out for numero uno, you know? Oh yeah. Like she doesn't totally. really give, she doesn't give a F about nothing. Um, she, she's 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 in a small group of office characters, which I would say is maybe I would say her Creed definitely and maybe Kevin who are they don't really undergo any existential chaos throughout the course of the show. They're never concerned about their status. They're not trying to necessarily achieve something. Uh, they're not the, the whole time. They're sort of at the same level. They never. They're never really a part of major plots, um, right. and it's you know all those all those people sit in the furthest corners of the office. <laughs> those three people that I just said. Meredith so, like, knows herself in her own words. Yeah. She says, "Hey, what do you want? I know who I am. Nobody's taking Meredith Palmer to the opera to meet the Queen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she's so she's she's so refreshing in so many ways because she's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not. I don't care. Uh, I'm just me, and if you don't like me, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> it's it's really nice and especially in a show that's kind of has a lot of characters who are the opposite of that it's she's such a nice ingredient and one who is featured in the background a Big lot time. yeah i like i feel like meredith and creed especially seem to exist in their own universe that has its own rules mm-hmm. like they <laughs> and that universe is solitaire yeah <laughs> On that Microsoft. universe, you, <laughs> cigars come in bags, not boxes. <laughs> like Clooney. <laughs> no tops come. <laughs> but I think that that's a great place to start. Like Clooney. <laughs> I think that's a great place to start, though, Alex, because you're saying, like, you know, she exists in the background so much. So, like, you know, let's, I mean, in early seasons, it takes a minute for well, actually, I feel like her uh, identity develops pretty quickly in comparison mm-hmm. to some other people, because we're talking about her hysterectomy right away in season one. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's drinking heavily by season two. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, we all, and then season two Christmas episode, um, uh, Benny Hanna Christmas. We get uh, we get. Uh, Meredith flashing Christmas Michael. Christmas season two. Christmas yeah, Christmas, Christmas thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, sorry. Uh, so she she flashes Michael in that episode. So 
pretty early on establishes. I, I'm going to push back. I don't. I wouldn't say it. She flashes Michael. She just completely undresses for Michael. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> a flash would be an open close, and she's just like shirts off. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> One of those classic Michael sounds. A, a Michael nonverbal for the ages. All the way out the door. He's like, All right. Do you have a coat? And then he does the like, ah, oh, he makes that face. <laughs> All right. Later, later in uh, in the in the roast, she says that yeah. uh, Michael put the picture of her bare boobs on the bulletin board with the caption "gross." <laughs> I know. It's very Michael, rude. Michael, you are the reason I live to forget. <laughs> you are the reason I drink. Uh, oh I, she, she is. There's so much of her in the background, too, where like uh, something will happen in the foreground. And a lot of times then it'll sort of pan over or you'll get a little Meredith reaction in the background. She gets a lot of just short, nonverbal just reactions. That's sort of her role a lot. Is she's just she's like a member of the audience in the office a lot of the times, where she's just sort of mm. watching the day's events play out and occasionally throwing in a really funny little line, but otherwise pretty much detached from everyone there and the inner workings of the office. It is interesting how early on she starts basically in the background uh, outside of the alliance when they throw that surprise party. Um, but basically, for the first few seasons, she's kind of only drawn or characterized with her drinking and her, uh, like, I guess you call it promiscuity. But, like, it, it over the course of time, she becomes such a big part of the ensemble where she's, like, by the end, she can be kind of a bully. Mm-hmm. She's unapologetically herself. Um, she kind of owns who she is. She has a lot of uh, really funny, essential lines. And um, kind of like a character like Oscar where she has a lot of lines to facilitate scenes or set up scenes. Or uh, I'm thinking of when Michael calls her up for the business trip episode. And <laughs> I am ashamed by your naked face. <laughs> <laughs> like Meredith, you are now from Abu Dhabi. And she just goes, hello. <laughs> yeah. She just plays along. So, yeah. I like the loud. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's when she shaves her she head she pops in line. with the shaved head and that's like to me that's my one of my Mount Rushmore Meredith moments because she's just like I'm the only one with the balls to tell those lice who's boss and she's just like boss. She, yeah. she just is she's so delightful because she really doesn't care and she's just we're out there breaking our busting our balls and breaking our balls <laughs> I mean uh, Meredith she's a survivor man I mean Meredith will like, do okay even Dwight calls it he's like Meredith will do fine in the apocalypse mm-hmm. she has to after Michael and maybe Dwight have the most moments where the entire uh, office just oh, there's this real shock, right. real shock factor. That's both drops I've played so far ended with everyone going oh, <laughs> Meredith, where are your panties? Damn it, it's casual, it's casual day. Friday. Oh my god, and, and um, Angela, like she, she's she's such a good. Uh, the yin to to Angela's yang, like of someone Angela looks at with disgust, just absolute disgust of everything wrong with the world is in Meredith. And Meredith is just like 
doesn't care. And I don't think she looks at Angelo that way. Like, I don't think she looks at Angela with any contempt. She's just like, I am who I am. And uh, <laughs> and she commits all the way. She shaves her head, you know? She sleeps with the sales reps. She does what she needs to do. She plays solitaire openly in front of everyone all day. I mean, she's uh, she's she's out in the open. There is a moment when <laughs> Meredith flat out says, shut up, Angela. <laughs> when uh, It's in Ben Franklin in season yeah. three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one else will say that to her, or no one else will, does stand up to her like that in front of everyone, like in the bullpen area of the office like that. Yeah. You mentioned her alcoholism, Sean, and that is probably her defining characteristic through several seasons of the show. Uh, it's not her promiscuity. Yes. yes. It's Yes, it's... <laughs> She she likes to drink and have sex, and so obviously yeah. she's a fan favorite. Uh, she likes to party. Saying. So what? <laughs> she, um, I mean, there's <laughs> this moment too. Busted. Walk of shame. It's so good. It's, it's such a tiny slice of Meredith's life that tells you, kind of fills in everything we've learned about her for seven seasons up until D'Angelo and Michael. This reminds me of Katrina. Well, you imagine that other characters would maybe wait it out and wait for Michael and D'Angelo to leave, but Mary busted, busted, walk yeah. shame, and immediately is is like and also cordial. Yeah, she's like, "Let me make yeah. you breakfast." Like, what are you talking about? Like, she's that's why I say like she she's she's a genuinely good person. I think she's just you know she's a she's an extreme flavor that some people don't enjoy. I have Vienna sausages and napkins. napkins. Yeah, I don't want to go in there. What a breakfast. <laughs> what a breakfast that would be. I know. I know. Uh, but she's, I don't know. M- Meredith is Meredith is a hero uh, in a lot of ways, I think, because she, she's a single mother. Yes, she is. And she's single mother to two kids, maybe. Yeah. Wendy and Jake. Right. Yeah. What? And, and now we all know Jake. We see him in um, Jakey. Bring Your Daughter to Work Day and also the finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, and in a free family portrait studio. Right. Um, but when do we when do we ever hear the name Wendy? Because that is I online. I heard that on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> I believe it's in a deleted scene. Okay, okay. Yeah, because we all know that she says, too, at one point, she had her second kid just for the time off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we never meet this other kid. Yeah. There are times when saying it's in a deleted scene feels like Kevin saying she goes to another school. Yeah. <laughs> another school. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, it's a delete. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, sure. Right. Uh, similar to um, another uh, fact like this is in Weight Loss in the beginning of season five, where Meredith's face is all red. Yes. And she talks about how she was out on a boat you know, in a deleted scene. Yeah. And she says, if one more kid calls me Hellboy. <laughs> uh, you slept with somebody, man, you're starting to look like one. He just, her face when he's saying that is, is so I mean Kate Flannery shout out too because it's like she's such an incredible physical comedian she's like we've talked about it before like she does she did her own stunt in that fun run <laughs> uh, episode when she, she gets hit, hit, by, hit the by the car I mean just like she there's just so beating, many dude over the course of the show physically yeah she gets yes. she gets bagged Quit twice in my head uh, it's actually uh <laughs> Stop bagging my head! <laughs> Stop bagging my head. I've been saying quit. Don't dog catch me. Don't dog catch me. Uh, God, the timber of her voice Stop there is... Stop bagging my head! <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, that is so good. She, she, um, well, okay. So she, I mean, she has the scene with the dress where you, you, it's like her nipples or her vagina, which she pulls it up or down. She flashes Michael. Uh, she's openly, I mean, she's, she's compared to an ugly man, an ugly man several times. Her appearance mm-hmm. is all, often noted by Michael. Uh, she's made fun of by Angela all the time. Like bagged twice, bitten by a bat. She gets a cast that she has to like, that when she has Jim sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm singling you out. <laughs> like, they ask they ask Kate Flannery to do a lot with her body, and she has to be so comfortable with herself. Like, there's a reason she plays Meredith so well, is because she's, I think Kate Flannery is clearly, genuinely that comfortable in her own skin, and it, 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 bleeds over into the screen and it's it's just awesome and yeah she's just great big time yeah she's good at being very aggressive too i think yes. in the way that she yells back at dwight at the way that uh shave her head when she, <laughs> she does that <There's, laughs> she's really good at bringing in that actual menace and then when at times too like she can be kind of a bully i'm thinking of in season nine when andy brings in um i think the episode i think the episode is moving on but andy brings in um Pete's ex-girlfriend. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gabe, and when she's walking back, Pete's ex-girlfriend to the annex, Meredith just goes, "Fresh meat." <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's so funny, dude. Or when uh, Ry- when Ryan comes back, don't fall in love with me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've known you've known Ryan for like five years at this point. <laughs> and it's just oh, sitting next to me now. Uh, yeah, that's. It's kind. Of, it's kind of incredible. The more I think about it, of just like, and the, um, along that same lines, I was just going through Kate Flannery's Twitter today, uh, prepping for the show, and she's so, she's so totally okay with like just being Meredith and everyone knowing her as Meredith. Like she doesn't shy away or being mm. like, I don't just want to be remembered as like a character from The Office. She may feel that way, but like honestly, she seems she just kind of loves being. Meredith and like people love her for it and she seems so comfortable with it and like it's just great I got this this reminds me um before we started recording I was telling these guys I was like Alex I feel like there was something I was going to tell you about but I forgot to and I can't think of it and it's that I got a sponsored Instagram ad for this training thing and the ad is is it's different characters from the office or the actors who play the different characters in the office talking about how you might need office training help. And the first person that starts is Meredith. Um, oh I recorded gosh. it because it was a video. Oh. Maybe I'll send you the audio. We can drop it in. Yeah, please oh, do. Oh, nice. Um, please do. But it's Meredith being like, maybe you, maybe if, if you're like us, we need you need a little extra help training around the office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Meredith That's Palmer, awesome. and I'm an at. <laughs> prior relations. Prior yeah. relations. <laughs> how much? Uh, how much Meredith loves St. Patrick's Day? Oh yeah, and loves yeah. partying and celebrating with her coworkers. <laughs> yeah, no kids, dude. Yeah, not she. Uh, I mean, she hooks up with Captain Jack. She hooks up with Todd Packer, or at least is trying to. At, at the, <laughs> Todd Packer's going. Packer for it. acknowledges it. Yeah, he talks about it at one point. Uh-huh. Uh, when she's just calling around when they think the branch is going to close, trying to figure out who she made that agreement with. That's great. I love that little storyline. And she finally gets the call and she's just ecstatic, but she's like, she'll just walk up to people and be like, did we, uh, did we make an agreement? (laughs) In the sting when daddy comes in and takes off his jacket. Hello. Hello. (laughs) 
Goodbye, Man Danny. Me too. Nice set of shoulders you got there. Uh, the other he says, uh, Danny says something like, "I like to think of this as like a first date." And Meredith says, "Feels more like a third date to me." Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, there's another. There's another really short moment like that when um, I forget the episode, but. But Dwight rushes in and grabs Oscar, and he's like, "Oscar, there's there's a bunch of construction workers in the warehouse, yes, <laughs> sipping diet they're coke. In, they're in mesh tank tops and drinking <laughs> sodas. Sipping, and it's just a quick. Meredith just goes Yahtzee, and just, and just, and just follows Putting on him. lipstick. Yeah, and just follows him into the warehouse. <laughs> There's a moment where uh, in season nine, it, new guys, Meredith just says, uh, hey, new Jim, you want to sit on my face? <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's so crass. And Jim says, if that's the only thing that makes uh, that makes me like like new Jim, then uh, everyone is like us. <laughs> I, I, I think I've said this before on the show, but I always... I kind of laugh to myself when I think about how much Meredith must have hit on Jim when he first showed up. Cause we get a little bit of it when he wants to sign the cast and, you know, I'm singling you out and uh, I'll read this later. Uh, does that whole thing. <laughs> and Jim is just kind of shell shocked by the whole experience. And I just think she must've been so abusive to Jim when he first got there. Uh, well, you know, it's <laughs> funny that she's, she's pretty timid in the first couple seasons. True. She was portrayed by her yes. character was portrayed by a different person in the pilot. She's not in the pilot. Yeah, it's kind of funny. They mm. talk about that in Office Ladies, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that speaking of that cast moment, uh, that that's kind of a fun debate between fans. As if uh, when he signs the cast, if he signs it as Jim Halpert or John Krasinski, mm. it's just kind of a quick zoom. But it, it's a funny oh. thing to try to, to try to puzzle out. He does that's dot. Nice he dots a couple eyes, so it's yeah. got to be Jim. Mm. I don't think he's signed. or it's got to be. But there are two eyes in Krasinski. I, I think Jim Krasinski. I think he writes Jim Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess Sean from your oh, man, like, really quick. I, that is an yeah. all-time prop. I wish I had was Meredith's cast. Meredith's pelvic cast. I was gonna say if 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 an, if if they were producing the show and he signed the wrong name, would they take the time to remake something like that to try to get the shot? Oh. Or they just keep oh, it. Oh, man. I feel like, ah, oh, man, maybe, I, I guess that would be something you'd have to think about. You'd have to be like, okay, so he's signing it on camera. Yeah. John, John's going to sign it on camera. All right. Maybe we need to have three of those. Like, Okay, so, you prepare for it. Uh, right. Okay. Got it. Like Kevin spells chili on one, and you have another one just in case. <laughs> we have three pots of chili. The for this. chili, the chili, you only get one. I feel like you, I feel like they were like you only get one. We're gonna have to change all the carpets mm-hmm. after that. Yep. <laughs> but one thing that uh, I wanted to kind of bring our attention to was Meredith being a good friend. Oh yes, different yes. characters throughout the show. Mm. There are a handful of times like that. I think the first time that I noticed it was when. Uh, Angela brings her in in the Alliance for the surprise birthday party. Mm-hmm. And Meredith immediately turns to Angela and says, surprise. Like she thinks that Angela is the one being surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, over the course of the show, we just see a bunch of different times where Meredith uh, is a good friend to her coworkers or or will like cooperate or, or go along with things. Uh, in Moroccan Christmas, when Michael tries to check her into rehab, they ask for times that people have been affected by Meredith's drinking. 
Mm. And Kevin talks about the time where she had a. Movie tickets, but had got too drunk to go, so she gave them to Kevin, and Kevin was like, "That's that was really cool." <laughs> or when, uh, or when Pam is is kind of on the fence about going to Diwali, Meredith says, uh, "You want to come over to my place and watch Sex in the City and drink apple teenies? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that sounds really nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they go, to, they of course sing karaoke at the end of Lice, and yeah. she's a bit of a you know she's kind of helping Pam through some stuff, and it's a really nice little scene, and you got to think that's who. In real life, if someone like Meredith worked in your office, she would you would always she would always be down to go get a beer with you, and you could probably always count on her to do that. Um, she's exper- she's she seems like she's got a lot of wisdom, streetwise. You know, can give you some good advice. Well, and in the Lice episode, I thought it was super interesting that Pam comes in and Aaron thinks that she's Meredith initially, mm. uh, but at the end, she talks about how being a single mom kicked her butt in, in what half a week. Yeah, and how Meredith has kind of been killing it in that regard. And Meredith says, "I got that. Uh, I got the bartender's number while you were in the can. <laughs> Gonna take him to Bone Town." <laughs> hey, hey, boom, boom guy. When are you going to boom me? <laughs> oh, I got that one for sure. When are you going to boom me? <laughs> boom me. She says it's like, boom me. Boom me. <laughs> There's another time when she says, hey, I'm a lady. I choose when I want to show a boom sauce. She, she does <laughs> Boom sauce, dude. That's, that's so gross. Uh, you know what? And um, another deleted scene from uh, the merger. She and Karen have the same thermos they discover in mm. the break room or the, the kitchen. And then Meredith is like, hey, you want a little? And it's like gin or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And Garrett says, no, no, I'm okay. <laughs> well, you see, there's the um, the episode when, I mean, Meredith is drinking out of that huge cup all day. Um, mm-hmm. Is that in, that's Valentine's Day? We see her doing that. Gosh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I feel like, and then, yeah, she also hits the, uh, she gets a hit of the sanitizer. <laughs> um, but Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it's dark. Is that it's, season it's, one? It's dark. That's season two. Okay. Uh, but, like, and that's pretty early on. And then, like, it's kind of, like, her drinking is addressed from time to time. And, like, some of these, Michael makes attempts periodically to, like, you know, solve people's problems, right? By calling conference rooms and being like, okay, you're you, this person. You have this problem. Let's fix it. And, and as less, like, Meredith, she's clearly been to AA before. Because uh, as F, we get that one reaction, I, I, her drinking's like, while it's like they make fun of it on the show. I mean, it's also a very serious thing, and I feel like yeah, as the show goes on, they, they sort of correct that a little bit with Meredith, and they sort of being like, I mean, they have to end the show with like she kind of cleans up. Uh, she's been getting this degree this entire time. Um, she's in like amazing shape at the end of the show. It's like so. I think they they come around on that. Um, cause I don't think you could just kind of have her be this alcoholic punching bag forever. And she really yeah, does establish definitely. her own character after the first couple seasons. That's a very good point. I, I wonder how they would like how of a show coming out now, how you would treat that kind of issue. Cause like you said, it, it, it's a really serious topic, mm-hmm. um, but they play it for laughs so much. And so often, you know, it's at the end of the show, they bring in that idea that she was getting her PhD for the first seven years of the show and that it was college and it's party time. Um, mm-hmm. Which I used to, I used to kind of not like that they did that. That they just kind of shoehorned that in at the very end to kind of reframe Meredith's character. Yeah. But it actually kind of, I actually kind of like it now. I think um, it just adds a little bit. It rounds out a character, her, her character, a little bit more. Yeah, totally. But it's funny in like other instances in the show, like when Ryan has a cocaine problem, 
you know, like Ryan addresses it when when Michael and Dwight go to visit him right away, and they kind of he's kind of asking about it, and we we never see Meredith struggle with that during the show or like seek help. Um, yeah, which is true to her character, and that's I mean that's kind of why I she's just she's so consistent for all nine seasons. She's like she's just you can always count on Meredith to have the same reactions. Um, of course, the, yeah, would they do have to change that right at the end? But in the meantime, she's a lot of fun on the show. She brings. She brings an energy no one else has in the entire office, except maybe early bro Andy, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Andy turning around with all the Jägermeister. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and she kind of can bring out the best and worst of Michael sometimes. Like, uh. she can make Michael feel good about himself in a ways that other people can't sometimes. Like, when he makes that drink. Like, you know, with like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more time around the block, one of everything, and like she loves it. And Michael's so oh, happy, and he my like, god, he does the double point at the camera, and it's yeah. like, like that's who yeah. Michael can Michael can please people like that. If, you know? if he made that drink for anyone else, they would just be like, uh, "I'm not drinking that." Totally. <laughs> I think one of the uh, more underrated physical comedy scenes in the whole show is Michael trying to check Meredith into rehab. When they're at the, when they actually pull up at the at the center and he's yes. trying to get her out of the car and they fall over the garbage cans, and then at the end it's it's bookended by Michael backing up into the same garbage can that he has fallen <laughs> over. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Another great physical comedy he's moment. Literally dragging her in. Yeah, yeah. Spanish crazy. Spanish no. crazy. No. No. <laughs> I have a deposit. I'm alcoholic. <laughs> I have a deposit. You talk about. You talk about how um, they use her as a punching bag, you know, or they, they like they often, you know, use her as a punchline. There's a line where uh, they they're trying to get someone to rat on Andy mm-hmm. to tell David Wallace that he's been gone, and Meredith says, uh, "Meredith Palmer ain't never been called no narc. Floozy, yes. Alky, check. Einstein, <laughs> sarcastically, you bet, but never no narc. Vomit mop, sure. Floor meat, that's me. Flesh Hoover, <laughs> and then <laughs> Flesh Hoover. Pete says." Pete says, Meredith, that's plenty. That's more than plenty. Why doesn't anyone stop her? <laughs> flesh and she's wearing is the this grossest blonde... thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> she, she's wearing this blonde wig over her like right. shaved head in the aftermath of life. I love that. That's such an incredible joke that after she shaves her head, she's just got different wigs on <laughs> depending on the day after that. I love that. She does seem like an incredibly loyal person uh, in the office, as much as as much as she's friends with people. She seems very loyal. I back to that scene you mentioned, Edwin, of when they're talking about her alcoholism, and Kevin's like, "Oh, there's the time you bought movie tickets and you were too drunk and you gave them to me. That was great." And everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, Meredith is great. We all like Meredith. Like, why are you bringing this up, Michael?" Um, and <laughs> Dwight says, "No, I like Meredith." Like, which is. Dwight doesn't like most people, and he seems to like yeah. Meredith probably because she's not a bullshitter. Like she's not well blowing smoke I up anyone's he, ass, you know. Doesn't he follow that up by saying, "Actually, I don't care for Meredith, but I really don't like this kind of thing." Oh, I yeah, oh. you're right. He does. <laughs> you're right. I don't care for <laughs> Meredith, but yeah. he does say Meredith will be just. I think he has a a respect for Meredith as a survivor. Like yeah. He said. Yeah. Yeah. I think he. Yeah, and I, he. She's not trying to please anyone ever, and mm. I think Dwight and some other people see that, and they. Some people are off put by it, of course, uh, but there are there are so many lines like they just give her really funny lines and takes to say, like when they're watching the video of Josh Groban as Andy's brother for the first time, mm. 
Meredith steps up and says, yes. who's the sausage? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. Oh, and speaking of speaking of Josh Groban, she checks in on Andy in season nine. And she's like, I heard your brother was actually struggling with alcoholism. Is he in rehab? Like the one in town? And he's like, oh, yeah. I could be there in an hour. And he's like, no, he's in New Mexico. And she's like, oh, okay. How are how are you doing? <laughs> just like, we're, done, like, we're done, Meredith. <laughs> or how when she follows up Josh Groban, she says, "You get up there and sing, or I'll cut your throat. You're never gonna sing again." <laughs> She's a hero, dude. She's just like she knows what she wants, and she there's she shoots there's her that shot, episode. Man. In season 10, when uh, they go through all the customer complaints, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, it says, the next, this next card comes to us thanks to Meredith Palmer, who called Eastern Pennsylvania Seminary a, quote, sausage factory. It <laughs> <laughs> goes, ooh, boom. Yeah. <laughs> the seminary. Oh, my God. <laughs> the uh... Oh, and we haven't even talked about Moroccan Christmas uh, when we get this. Oh, burning. <laughs> Yeah. I, that was just for you, Edwin. It's a, it's an obs- obscure drop, but it's great. Oh, burning. Sent, She's burning. Someone sent us that as an earworm, and like even reading it just made me laugh. Uh, She's burning. The funniest. It's the funniest thing to like say what's happening in that moment. Yeah. She's burning. <laughs> Such an interesting choice. Um, and that's, I mean, that, you know, obviously that leads to everything we talked about where she's trying, Michael wants to like, you know, cure her of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone else seems fine with her alcoholism, as does she. She's like, I know I like to party. I drink. I mean, Holly, Holly Flax has kind of got a problem with Meredith when she first shows up and, or when at least business ethics is a important Meredith Palmer episode. Um, when she confesses to the office that she's been sleeping with Bruce from Hammer Mill, <laughs> the Hammer Mill supplier for uh, for discounts and uh, mm-hmm. Outback and, Steaks, uh, Outback Steakhouse coupons. Um, but like, there's just that whole part where uh, they invite uh, Meredith into Michael's office, and uh, <laughs> she's just like, she's like, I don't know, maybe it's just like a a woman thing. But <laughs> when he give me those coupons, I just felt good about myself <laughs> oh trying to help you you stupid bag <laughs> mm, no mm. uh there's not a lot of fruit in those looms that's what she yeah. says about him <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's like it's mostly about the coupons i uh that uh one last note that scene when michael tries to force her into rehab and just says like, michael said michael says uh, which is another one of Michael's movie moments where he's like trying to do something he's seen in a movie, which is save someone by taking them to rehab with an intervention. Mm-hmm. He says, turns out you can't just check someone into rehab against their will. They have to do it voluntarily. They have to hit rock bottom. So I think I know what I need to do at this point. I need to find ways to push Meredith to the bottom. I think I can do it. I did it with Jan. <laughs> <laughs> See, what? I'm sad that we didn't go to that they didn't go down that path. I know. I know. I would have loved to have seen it. But I am glad they didn't make that like a a long story arc or something with like getting oh, yeah, Meredith sober, no, no. you know? It's it's I don't know. She works so much better as a character. <laughs> there is a time Meredith is so blunt and, and straightforward and uh direct with that kind of stuff. In Christmas Wishes in season eight, when she's uh 
when Andy is her drunk driver mm-hmm. or her, her designated driver, I should say, um, they have to go by, make sure that Aaron gets home. Okay. And then at the next episode, Meredith says, yeah, we, we, he wanted to make sure California didn't put it in you. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Then, that's right. Says, oh, 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 Meredith. So yeah. <laughs> we should talk. I about do love, we should, in that moment, yeah. Andy opens her, they open her trunk door and all this stuff comes out. She goes, no, my stuff, my treasures. <laughs> my treasures. <laughs> this is your porter. She says, no, I'm going to sell it on eBay. <laughs> my treasures. Yeah. This place reminds me of the Katrina. The door opens and then just stuff starts falling out. Yeah, We should talk I about mean, her car, actually, because it comes yeah, up a few times man. throughout the show. Uh, most notably, I think when they all go to the mall with Michael. That's a big van moment. Oh, yeah. I don't think you're going to make She's it. She's just eating chips while driving. <laughs> my car, my rules. I don't. Uh, and, uh, of course, when Michael decides to uh, communicate to Pam silently where they want to meet, he uses Meredith's car by <laughs> doing the drink. Miming, yeah. Five minutes. I weirdly know. I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> and so her, the fact that she has a van and she could take a lot of people, it just comes up a few times. Pam fixes the tire on that van at one mm-hmm. point. Uh, they use it to take Dwight to the hospital. That's right. They they do. Because mm-hmm. remember, Dwight finds the alcohol in the car. That's right. <laughs> in the uh, whistleblower episode, they all, yeah, I think that's the episode you're thinking of too, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. they all meet in, the, when they all meet in the van. It's just a funny thing that happens a few times, which is like, Meredith can be very eager to help, but no one wants Meredith to help them. Like it happens when she's giving rides uh, or making breakfast for Michael and D'Angelo. It's just like people yeah. just don't want to be in her personal life at all. <laughs> <laughs> I this isn't this is kind of related, but when uh, at the end of business ethics, when they're all eating steak, they're all like, thanks, Meredith. They all uh, is anyone is anyone is there any more steak sauce? And Meredith says, I think I have some in my van. Yeah, she's <laughs> so got she goes down to her car to get. Uh, yeah, I got a bag of cigar cigars in my purse. I'll smoke outside with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another 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 deleted scene when Meredith uh, they're talking about the finer things club. And I can see why they cut this because it, <laughs> it's it's an edge to like her drinking that goes a little too far for the show, and I think that's probably why they cut it. It's right here. I don't know why I'm not in the finer arts club. It's bullcrap. So she throws her drink like at the camera, and <laughs> it it gets a perfect splash of booze right on the lens and kind of blurs the lens <laughs> a little bit, and then Meredith just goes, "You clean it up," and. It it get, it's it is it goes a little over the line of like okay this is a little too dark for the show and like it's sort of like I think why they've cut some scenes where we see Oscar acting like apparently Oscar they thought about making him an alcoholic too like a very a mean bad, drunk. a mean yeah. mean drunk and I feel like they sort of shave these sharp edges off the characters we see that mm-hmm. in the deleted scenes it's a smart move because I don't think what makes Meredith almost charming in a way is like when she drinks, she just wants to like dance and flash people. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's not appropriate. It's not okay. It's not something we should encourage, but like Meredith is who is she is she, and she doesn't care. And that's why she's this, fairly harmless. Yeah. yeah. That, that you're uh, that I think that you're, you're spot on with that, Alex. And I, it reminds me of two instances that feel similar if, for different reasons. One is uh, again, when they're reading out the customer complaints, uh, Meredith is talking about how Pam doesn't have a complaint. She mm. says, you, little Miss Pris, you wouldn't fart on a butterfly. <laughs> and Pam says, no, I wouldn't. I can't even relate to that impulse. 
Um, but in a Little deleted scene, wants attention. <laughs> Meredith. Meredith? Yes. Oh, that's, uh, yes, that one is King. That, that is one that lives on very strongly in, uh, office fan groups on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play it one more time just to hear the way Pam says Meredith. At the Little end. Miss Thing wants attention. Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a deleted scene that I couldn't think of watching, but um, I found a quote from it. And uh, again, it's maybe a little bit too much edge for, for her character. It's at the end of the list, season one. Uh, and when the, all the like, quote unquote, losers are in the office and Gabe says, my entire childhood, I was the one left out. And I said to myself, Gabe, if you just achieve some success, you'll be part of them. You'll be part of the happy ones. But instead, people just use my success as a new way to shut me out. And Meredith says, hey. Say no breakfast club, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) Before we move on to some conference room and trivia, any any other moments that that you got to mention about Meredith? She's so supportive of her son when he shows up as the stripper. We have to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of times during the show when uh, we, it seems like Kate's a whole, or sorry, uh, it seems like Meredith is a terrible mother, but (laughs) yeah, but I mean, she says no kids on St. Patrick's day. She says that, uh, you know, she uses the bonus money, that they get every year to buy shoes for her kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they, she doesn't get a bonus, then her kid doesn't get shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> There's one at the end of life. <laughs> Meredith says, who's the one who didn't bring life into the office? Meredith. Sure. I gave everybody pink. I once, and my ex keyed a few of their cars. And yeah, I BM did the shredder on new year's Eve. <laughs> I didn't bring the license. That was Pam. Here's one uh, from <clears throat> Goodbye Michael when they were talk- planning his birthday and they're talking about cakes. And Meredith says, I know these Ethiopians that run a cake shop. <laughs> Angela, good God. No, I know what you're thinking, but it's not just black. They do it all. And these women on these cakes, they're not just guys' fantasies. They have real full women. It's refreshing. <laughs> Pam, oh, don't turn this into some feminist issue, which is like... Meredith, uh, I think Meredith Meredith can be a feminist icon. Let's, well, let's be real. Oh, yeah. And Phyllis yeah. says, as someone who buys a lot of erotic cakes, it just feels good to be represented. <laughs> That's a person who buys a lot of erotic cakes. <laughs> what uh, is now I'm thinking saying? of her and Bob feeding each other mushrooms. Ugh. When, when uh, they talk about making small talk, uh, examples of ways to make small talk, Meredith starts talking about how her son started taking a dump in the upper part of the toilet. Yeah, an upper, calls it an upper decker. Yeah. <laughs> or when just, uh, the balloon, when they have to pop the balloon, uh-huh. and they're all reminiscing on different things from their life, Meredith says, my kid didn't have a face tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> from uh, from test, the, uh, test the Store, uh, Daryl, Andy, who punched you? Hey, I was uh, Meredith. Hey, I was on the can. What's this about a black guy in the office? <laughs> black eye, Meredith. <laughs> he's, 
In Double Date, Meredith says, uh, Michael wasn't in the bathroom, but the seat's warm, so he could be pretty close by. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I kind of wish, can you imagine if they brought uh, Meredith to Tallahassee? That would have been so much better. I don't know why they didn't. They brought Stanley instead. You know, I feel like they, they could have swapped that out. But Stanley was a good one. We didn't need what's her name, uh, Kathy. 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 No. <laughs> yeah, put Meredith in Kathy's role and still trying to seduce Jim the same way. <laughs> Walking in in the is, middle of the night. Is this March Madness? No, this that would be in March. She's like, I don't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, <laughs> get on the bed, Albert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she gets legitimately pissed about not winning cutest redhead in the office after receiving best mother. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you one thing, I'm not going to be a good mom tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, like She's... mom always says, talk classy, stay nasty. Yep. Act nasty. She is just... um. She's great. She loves she loves the billboards that Andy puts up that are then defaced. Oh, yeah. Like she thinks it's a brilliant yeah, thing. I love it. Andy so edgy, did. yeah. Funny, edgy, right up to the line without crossing it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this pool is choice. Yeah. <laughs> this pool is choice. Uh, how yeah, long? What is it? No band-aids? <laughs> no top scum, no band-aids. This pool is choice. I mean, how many? How long do you think we could do this? Probably another hour. Yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah. Geez, you gave me a paper cut on my throat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I have this thing about men cutting or threatening to cut my throat. <laughs> Don't try to cut my throat. How about uh, how about in, in the in the duel? It's just a quick aside as oh, Meredith yeah. and Oscar are walking away, and he says, "I knew something bad was going to happen today." Oscar says, "You said that yesterday." Yeah, my neighbor got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith also says when they go for the duel, Meredith says, I call loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's and then yeah. there's a lot of undertones that she's been in she's been filmed in a lot of sexual uh encounters as well. And she's addicted to oh, porn. Yeah. So there you go. I ask everyone in the room <laughs> Are you in a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> she uh she helps play the prank on Holly in Goodbye Toby with the porcupine. The porcupine. Oh yeah, oh, yeah she's yeah. part of that. That's yeah. right. And, and what's funny is that there's there is a deleted scene, believe it or not, when uh where she gets brought into the scheme by Dwight because I think she talks about hating her her like pretty blonde hair or something. something yeah, like I know, that. I know. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight brings her into the scheme, but they cut it. So what we have is Meredith just being part of the team, and we just accept it as the viewer because that seems like oh, something yeah. that she would be up for. <laughs> or um, when uh, in Koi Pond, when uh, oh, yeah. Aaron asked Michael if he made a big splash at the meeting. She she says, "Oh my god, I didn't know it was that." Uh, Meredith and Kevin put me up to it, and Kevin says, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the scene when they're like uh, writing up things to make fun of or not, like on the board. Oh, and yes. Meredith writes sex with a terrorist. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's so oh many. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, like how her roommate's friend is the night janitor at the, <laughs> yeah, at, the at Raskin Design. Or just oh, yeah. another simple one when she talking to Pam about their wedding and she just goes like Niagara Falls in October hells yeah like she's so <laughs> I'll have whatever's fanciest uh, unless there's ribs yeah. and I'll text you yeah, day of <laughs> uh, 
Uh, man. Well, oh, man. should we uh, I, wrap this up? <clears throat> I, I will we... say that Meredith has rapidly uh, ascended the list of favorite characters for me in a way that I was not expecting. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. You know, my thought going back and looking at her Stop character. Stop bagging my head! <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have the best collection of drops. I know. There are th- these I are all think... so usable. Man. You know, we've talked about out-of-character moments. I don't know if Meredith has any. <laughs> That's a great point. I mean, That's really, like, point. you know, Creed, um, Dwight, all, everybody, ex- Kevin, Malone, like, all these characters experience, like, or have lines that don't really line up with their character. Stanley, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of one. And if any listeners have any moments where they think Meredith did something out of character, um send them to us because I think that she has zero. Well, you know, it's interesting. I didn't think about it until you brought it up just now, but I think like the way that these characters are often drawn is they become more exaggerated versions of themselves. I mean, you look at Kevin as an example where his character gets stupider and stupider Mm -hmm. over the course of the show and Meredith's character gets more wild and really loose with what she says, but she's also so, but they also flip it from her drinking a lot and her like, being very sexual to like being a like into partying kind of they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of change the direction of it in a way that feels a lot less serious than just drinking you know because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, she's always doing it in the context of partying and, and yes. having fun and then you couple that with how much how comfortable she is with herself and then you round that out with the fact that she was in school getting her phd and it was party time in school and mm-hmm. Yeah, to your point, it, she grows into her character mm-hmm. versus the other characters who kind of outgrow their what like the sort of realistic sort of limit is. Yeah, what we'd expect. Right. Point. You know? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but mm-hmm. yeah. And she's a she's a member of the Einsteins. Let's not forget too. Oh yeah, that's the that's mm-hmm. that whole group is pretty much some of the most consistent characters. <laughs> she on the leads. Show. She leads them off yeah. when they say, she says, I think she says, uh, good timers or, or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> just for fun. And then, uh, they all follow her back. Yep. Yep. Meredith Palmer. Uh, <clears throat> we could go, we could go so much further, but, uh, but we must move on. So conference room, five minutes. Conference room, five minutes. All right. We just got a couple emails here just, uh, that we're catching up on cause we've been, been getting a lot. A lot of emails coming in. Let's let's clear some out here. Um, here's one we got from Alicia, who says, I thought of an interesting topic you guys might want to discuss. I've watched The Office so many times, and I can't imagine anything being different. But I'd like to see what you guys think uh, of what could have become of the show had Andy never been part of the cast at all. Uh, mm. Now, this is not saying he still does his season three arc and he leaves after he punches the wall. But if he's not there at all. I mean, does that does it work? How do how would you see the the show with the biggest changes in the show? That's a really good question. Andy brings a lot of adversarial sort of qualities mm-hmm. to the show. Um, as the antagonist for Jim, who's somehow even more challenging and annoying than Dwight, mm-hmm. that Jim has to acknowledge, and then his rivalry with Dwight for a couple seasons and uh, leading up to the duel. Um, that's such an important ingredient that you would miss. Yes. Totally. Yeah, I've. Uh, you you definitely. Yeah, that's a great point. You need somebody for to be an antagonist for Jim in uh, Stanford. Otherwise, it doesn't seem like Jim's going to be there for. It doesn't seem permanent. Which I feel like that was kind of a 
they kind of had to play with our emotions I, there, make well, it seem like he's going to be there forever. I was going to say, he gets the tuna nickname day one in yeah, Stanford. And right. you, you lose the yeah. whole tuna thing. I mean, the yeah, whole, that's rough. The biggest vacuum I think that's left would be Dwight and Angela's relationship would have a lot less just overall yeah. would have to either happen sooner, not at all, or like you, you can't drag out that for as many seasons as like, as you do. Well, there wouldn't really be. So, I mean, Dwight and Angela split when Dwight murders Sprinkles, but there wouldn't be a character to kind of come in after that to date Angela. Right. No character coming in with an ice sculpture. Yeah. Right. Stole it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, One thing so made yeah, of ice. You wonder how, how it would look when they get back together eventually. There'd be far less singing in the show. That's true. That's true. Music. <laughs> and I think there, Andy adds a really, really like random silly element that is that a lot of other characters don't. Mm. I'm trying to think of a good he way to describe it. He is usually listed under chaotic good on these, yeah. these tests. Whereas like, you know, for saying Meredith, Meredith is a chaotic neutral, um, which I, I sort of agree with. I mean, Andy's Andy's so ineffectual for the most part. And just like, I, I don't know if any of the characters really respect him. Certainly Dwight doesn't. And so, like, that aspect of it, that he, his insecurities fuel a lot of plot and a lot of, like, character exploration. He's really important. I mean, I think, I mean, that's yeah. an obvious thing to say. But, like, if he wasn't so, there, I mean, season eight, what, what happens, you know? Well, right. No, but I, I agree totally with the idea. In season six and seven, he's, like, the character who wants something that he can't have mm. um, when he's dating Aaron, with Aaron. Um, and he's got this kind of neediness that's like similar to Michael. Yeah. But that happens at a time in the show when Michael is becoming more rounded out and eventually leaves and shows character growth. Mm -hmm. So Andy provides like the seminar, for example, yeah. when, um, or, um, sex ed, I'm thinking of mm -hmm. when he puts on mm -hmm. that, uh, that thing for everyone. He wants everyone to kind of realize what he's doing for him. Give it a rest, pencil dick. And then, yeah, season eight, I guess you would just have to put a different character in his manager and then write it out with season nine with somebody else. Yeah. 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 What happens to Aaron's character without Andy? I you was going to say, like, I, I think that they, they, they would have brought in someone else. I think that's the biggest change. It's just like the whole show would have changed because probably someone else would have been in the cast. Right. Like they had to introduce yeah. somebody, right? Um, maybe Aaron would come in earlier. I don't know, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Maybe someone writes some fan fiction without Andy. I'm sure it. it's out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for that, Alicia. A uh, next question here. This comes thank from you. Becca who says, Hey, hello. Love the show. Tell everyone about it. Well, thank you. Uh, at the end of pool party, Jim peels out of Robert's yard, docking over a mailbox. I get his urge to escape, but Jim definitely drank most or all of a bottle of wine before leaving. I'm not here to be anyone's mom, but it seems out of line with the way the show has treated dr driving and drinking in the past. Mm. Pam got a ride after Chili's. Meredith got rides from numerous coworkers over the years. Karen scooped up Jim so he wouldn't drunkenly drive his bike while Andy planned to sleep at the office. Right. Even Jan, wow. even Jan gave the keys to Michael after having too much wine. <laughs> this is a great, I love yeah, this after list. She pulls of, up, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't that just a great list of scenes? Uh, anyone else yes. notice this? Keep it up, guys, Becca. That's, uh, that, that's great. I've never noticed that. I've never thought about that. Amazing. You're you're absolutely right. Is, Very inconsistent. Is Jim drinking the wine, or is he kind of pretending to, or just? I guess he could be pretending. 
I think yeah, it's a really interesting point because the that's like that that's one thing with Jim where he he maybe he took the lesson from Karen after uh, oh, yeah. after that time in Stanford. Yeah, one, two, three, shoot, and like they, she would just pour hers in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he he got that pointer from her. Yeah, um, I think. Come, Jim, you must see what you've been laughing about. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would I especially like that? I don't know. Just come on. Just come on. <laughs> uh, I think, too, the other funny thing about Jim is he always tries to find a way out, but he always is often caught in a situation where he has to stay, like the squash match. Yeah. Or, you know, like um, Mrs. California when he's caught in the lie yeah, and is trying to run away. Like there's something funny about Jim trying to escape and not being able to. Uh, I do – the only thing I could – I can maybe think is that uh, Jim maybe poured out the wine somewhere somehow when he had an opportunity. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but I agree. It right. is very different from the way the show portrays. Um, yeah. But by the way, driving. Uh, thank you for that, Becca. By the way, Becca wrote in the subject line when she sent that to us, it says dunk driving. So maybe don't drink and write emails, huh? Hey, <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. Uh, that was for D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> driving and dunking. Driving to the lane. <laughs> Uh, all right, last here. Um, Allison just sent us an incredible uh, email. I wanted to shout her out too. Um, in, uh, in this, uh, she she wrote to us. Uh, your Ryan analysis was a game changer for me. He's my all time favorite character. I haven't heard anyone wow. say that. Uh, name an arc more dramatic than his. I'll wait. Hmm. Hmm. I, that's I mean, you know. You talked about Big Tuna, but yeah, Big Turkey. Big that one turkey. goes away right away. Uh, when you pointed out that yeah. his perfect foil of Jim as ambitious and not cut out for it while Jim is cut out for it but not ambitious has fully changed my game. And I tell people all the time uh, when they tell me they don't like Ryan, which is honestly all the time. Where are my Ryan lovers <laughs> at? Folks, if you love Ryan, let us know. Um, Allison, really quickly, she also said... Uh, she uh, our trivia team name thing where we always talk about trivia team names. Yeah. She gave us a few cool. shoe la la Holly's cut sleeve nice. cutting down the competition. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. I like this one. I'm a suck suck suckety saber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Tube City. Uh, yes. Dunder Mifflin. This is. Um, <laughs> Luanda at the alcohol club and their all time favorite Kapoor and Cadesperate. <laughs> Allison <laughs> um, also, uh, when she wrote us in, she co-owns a um, her and her wife have a have a brewery in Denver called Lady Justice Brewing. So check them out. Yeah, nice. yeah. Go get some beer from them if you're in Denver and uh, help them out. That We're great. Uh, yeah. Thanks for writing that in, Allison. That's oh, awesome. Sorry, one last thing she said. She says not to shit on a most recent draft pick, but technically. The pizza guy, this is in relation to our single episode character draft uh-huh. we did. She says, technically, the pizza delivery guy was in a later episode. <laughs> I can see it. Season, he's on Glee. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> but a different character. Yes. So uh, different okay, guy. Uh, so there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's all. Uh, thank you so much for that, Allison. Thanks for that email. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ryan, Ryan's, uh, I love Ryan. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, she's your wife. <laughs> That's true. Oh gosh, it's well, cool um, to think that like us just talking about a character can you know change the way people think about mm-hmm. the character or, or view the show. I mean, that's that's like the fun of doing this. I think when you chop up the show, I, I, and for me personally, like when we do prep and you focus in on a character like Meredith, it really kind of illuminates 
all the different traits about True. them that you could really like or dislike, depending on who it is. Yeah, right. Otherwise, I would not think about how Meredith's a good friend or maybe some one of the characters in the office who just is true to themselves the most you know mm-hmm. i just it'd just be like oh hilarious meredith but yeah mm-hmm. she goes to the royal wedding we didn't talk about that <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> skipped her sister's <laughs> funeral yeah yeah um well uh, to to wrap up our uh conference room we are still if you're listening to this five years in the future when we have a vaccine we're still in the midst of the covid quarantine so uh, you guys have any new quarantine picks to share with uh folks who are staying home Uh, especially now that it's colder out i i'll start i i um am obsessed with this tv show uh over the garden wall it's a cartoon. You were mentioning um, this. Yeah, it's it's a cartoon on Hulu. Uh, it's uh, I'm sorry to be suggesting it now because it's a great Halloween show, but it's only 10 episodes. It's only one season. It's got Elijah Wood, John Cleese, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Melanie Linsky. It's like a star-studded um, cartoon that's like super beautiful and creepy and funny and incredible music. So um, check that out. I think that's on Hulu. Um, and uh, just watch Royal Tenenbaums on Amazon the other night again. Uh, uh, if you've never seen Royal Tenenbaums, <laughs> yeah. God, that's a great check movie. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was saying this to you guys before we started too, but I'm just like totally obsessed with uh, Queen's Gambit on Netflix right now. And I'm only, I'm like halfway through the fourth episode. And uh, when pre-covid days i helped coach a kid's chess club at the school near my house and i have a very very soft spot and a very like like i've teared up a few times on the show when she talks about chess in certain ways and like relates it to her life and like there's something about kids connecting with chess that's like one of the most beautiful things in the world and uh and the show does such a good job of illustrating that and at least in, in the early stages so i'm obsessed with that show the queen's gambit on netflix netflix it's fantastic for our listeners who don't know Alex, he's like weirdly obsessed with chess. Um, so, excuse me, <laughs> I don't say you're weirdly obsessed with brewing beer. It's just a thing you do. It's just an interest. Okay, when we go camping, when we go camping, like really put him on blast after that really yeah, thoughtful heart. <laughs> Yeah, he's in he's in whatever that is. Yeah, chess is a as a global. It's a it's Dude, the most popular game in the world. When people are like, when we go camping and like everyone's been like up all night, like drinking and having a good time and stuff like that, and everyone's like, all right, time for bed. Like Alex and a couple of our other buddies who are also weirdly obsessed with chess, would be like, oh yes, let's play some chess. Like yeah, because whenever we play night. chess in front of you guys, this shit happens. <laughs> And you know what we're doing? We're drinking and having a great time, and we're playing some chess. There's nothing wrong with it. It's I'm healthy. It's pools. good for me. Uh, <laughs> that's how I like to wake up in the morning. Sue me. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I miss I miss being able to do those kind of camping trips. You know, Man. we didn't really get to do many. Of this I summer. know. No, we haven't been camping in a while. But yeah, um, I have some picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you got? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, Edwin's weirdly obsessed with The Office. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You can 100% do that. Just put that on my tombstone, I guess. Um, I've been uh, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, have you guys watched that? No, I haven't. Yeah, that, I... it's really good, dude. I really, really like it. Yeah, uh, it's really funny. And uh, I had I watched most of the first season, and I wasn't sure exactly where to jump in, so I've stopped and started a couple times trying to get into it. But but recently, I've gotten into it, and I've watched the whole thing now, and uh, it's really, really great. It it's very funny in that um, the way that Parks. I mean, granted, these shows were influenced by each other or had similar creators and stuff, but. Um, in the way that like Parks feels like The Office and Brooklyn Nine-Nine really feels like Parks, Brooklyn Nine-Nine does such a good job of being about the people in the office building and the office space in a way that I wasn't expecting that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny. Um, it's on Hulu. Um, another random one from earlier in quarantine that I was thinking about how much I liked was Catastrophe. Have you guys seen that? I oh, love, yeah. I love mm. Catastrophe. That's on Amazon. Um, that's really, really great. Really good. Um, and then a random one uh, that, uh, that you, you could call this something that I'm weirdly obsessed with. Top Chef, man. I love oh, Top nice. Chef. Nice. Uh, it's my favorite reality show, and I don't watch very many of them. But uh, I just watched the most recent season. There's a bunch of them on Hulu, I believe. So, you know, find something to binge. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Nice, let, us know, nice. great, let us know your Some great quarantine picks. Everyone out there, find something to get weirdly obsessed with. Yeah. And if you're and if you're gonna send us an email, Weirdly. send us uh, throw your quarantine pick in there too. Um, we're always looking for new stuff to watch. Sure. Um, all right, let's move on to some trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This week's trivia coming from Sam W from Arizona. Uh, she says, "Hi MSPC, hope you're all doing well. Just wanted to send my love and support for the podcast. In addition oh, to this you. trivia." Love the work you do. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so this trivia has a theme. I'll let you guess the theme, and you can guess it at any time. Um, but uh, but okay. I'll, I'll just leave that one as a bonus. Um, here we go. November. <laughs> no, wrong. Uh, season three, episode 16, Phyllis's Wedding. Who was the ring bearer at Michael's mom's wedding? The dog. Is it about animals? Can Is you the theme be, animals? Can you be, can you be more specific? <laughs> Uh, uh, the dog, Jeff. Was it Jeff's dog? Jeff's dog. Jeff's Thank dog. you. Okay, yes, yeah. I was trying to think. Does that dog have a name? Is the theme? <laughs> an, is the theme animals? <laughs> the theme is animals. Good. Very good. Um, all right. Season four, episode two, Dunder Mifflinfinity. Uh, what is missing from the gift basket that Michael and Dwight gave to the law office that left Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> Can I answer this with a drop? Oh yeah. <laughs> Please do. Where is it? <laughs> I, have, I have so many you know, pages. Just thinking to himself in his head, where are the turtles is what he's yes, thinking to himself. I have, <laughs> I have so many pages of drops. I haven't played this one in forever. I don't have it on there. So, yeah. Uh, where are the turtles? Thank you. Okay. Season three, episode 10, A Benihana Christmas. What Christmas miracle animal did Dwight hit with his car and want to cook? A goose. A goose, A goose yes. Season 8, Episode 9, Mrs. California. What's the name of Oscar's puppy? Uh, Gerald. Yes. Oh, nice. Here's a picture of him in a ladle. <laughs> <laughs> Season 3, Episode 4, Grief Counseling. How old was Ryan when his fish never came back from the hospital, then proceeded to have a fish, fi- a fish funeral? Five? Yep, five years old. 
uh, and he was thinking, I'm a little old for this. <laughs> Season 7, Episode 19, Training Day. What did, what did D'Angelo see on the overpass? A hawk. A hawk. Oh, uh, yeah. A hawk today. That's right. <laughs> right on the overpass. Just looking at me. Just looking at me. That's so funny. Uh, season 8, episode 10, Christmas Wishes. What is the name of Dwight's porcupine? Henrietta. Henrietta. Correct. Season 7, episode 12, Classy Christmas. What is the name of comic Pam makes for Jim as a Christmas gift? Oh, Bear Man. Bear Man, yes. Uh, season 2, episode 19, Michael's birthday. Which birthday of Michael's did he have a pony and an unfortunate rash? <laughs> 11th? No, he's, S- it's like... He, I think you're about to say 7th, weren't you? <laughs> I was about to say 7th. That's correct. <laughs> you're like, um, You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I, by the way, I just love that throughout that episode of just getting him saying, like, that was probably my worst birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Season 8, Episode 5, Scranton Horror Story. What does Robert California's son, Bert, think is the most deadliest animal? Jellyfish, right? Yes, oh. but can you be more specific? It's jellyfish. A box jellyfish, oh. yes. Jesus Christ, Edwin. Season 4, Episode <laughs> 1, Fun Run. Uh, what three animals had Meredith been bitten by, according to her medical record, when she cracked her pelvis? A raccoon, a, raccoon, a bat, yeah. mm-hmm. and, a, like, and a rat, a, non-related. A rat. Yeah, <laughs> all separate occasions. <laughs> oh, yeah, the look, the look the yeah. doctor <laughs> Season six, uh, ep- uh, episode 26, Whistleblower. What video was in the competition of views with Michael's interview about the saber printers catching on fire? The baby sloth at the zoo. Oh, no, otters. The otters being born at the zoo. Okay, what were the names of Joe Bennett's Great Danes and second set of dogs? Joe Jr. Yes. And uh, this was a question we had not that long ago. Uh, It's like, oh, my gosh. Is it like Carl? It's It's like Spanky or something like that. All right, help me like, out. It's spelled C A C A L L E. So it's Kelly. That's Kelly, oh, Kelly, Kelly. And Joe Jr. And Joe Jr. Okay. She has a second set of dogs. Do you know what those names are? Dwight Howard and Christian Slater. <laughs> no. Cornelius and Bobo. Wow. This is and I didn't know that. <laughs> so, okay. so thank you, Sam, for teaching. Yeah, cool. you Definitely taught us. I feel if you there. had dogs that were named Cornelius and Bobo, it'd be really hard not to call them Coco and Bobo. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> or Cornelius and Bornelius. <laughs> Alternatively, and KB makes three. <laughs> Cornelius, Bobo, and Gabe. Season five, episode ten, the surplus. What animal butter sculpture options did Dwight give Angela and Andy for their wedding? Goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're all farm animals. Cow? Right? Like pig? Cow sheep. and sheep. Correct. Correct. And what did Angela request as a bonus? A cat sculpture of cow butter. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, season... Uh, two more questions here for you. Two more questions. Season 8, episode 22, The Fundraiser. Can you name 
two of the mentioned adopted dogs' names from the animal rights activists. Oh. That's when uh, that's when Kevin gets Ruby. Yes. Okay, so nice. there's one. Uh, I have no idea what the other one is. I'll give you a hint that Daryl adopted a dog named Pepper. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, my, my first um, pet was named Pepper. It was a rat. Okay. Huh. <laughs> All right. Season four, episode one, fun run. This is the final question here for you. What animals did Michael mention in his uh, <laughs> in his rant about like? Uh, <laughs> Are you saying uh, when they're uh, the head of worshiping some yeah, sort of okay. god? Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you all I'll give you the whole thing with blanks. Okay, so there's six. Oh my gosh! I think there's six mentioned. Can Maybe. we try and answer as you get to the blank? Because okay, I'm not yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, so it just starts like a giant blank. Dog or giraffe or lion. I mean, are we are we trying to guess in order the combinations, or do you want the you animals? Do you want to guess as we go. I'll just give. I can give you the whole thing in blanks, like okay. a giant blank or some sort of monster, like something like the body of a blank with the head of a blank, or something with the body of a blank with the head of a blank, or just the head of a blank. <laughs> With the antlers of a blank, with the body of a blank. Okay, there's actually seven here. It, I know. Very helpful. It ends with, the last one is the head of a monkey, antlers of a reindeer with a porcupine. Yeah. Yes. That's the yeah, only body thing Body of know. a porcupine, head of a monkey, antlers of a reindeer. I don't there's know an anything egret. else. An egret. Body of an, an egret, egret of with the head of a walrus. Sea lion? <laughs> walrus and sea lion are two yeah okay okay you're missing just two more here is there a um uh, there's like a there's like a bike there's like a bison there's a buffalo is the very the first one okay. and the last one you're missing it's body of an egret with the head of a mirror meerkat Meerkat. Good once job. You said it, right. Once you said it in that way, I was like, it just was like, oh, it's meerkat. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, I don't think we've pointed this out before, but the body of a walrus with the head of a sea lion, that's a sea lion. <laughs> <laughs> I've it. never thought that. I love it so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Sam, oh, for yeah, sending you, Sam. us that trivia. Um, if you have your own trivia, send it to us, please. Uh, we, we need them. Uh, email us. Well, MS we have Podcast a few in backlog, but yeah, we'll take. We got them a few. We, we got a few. Backlog. We got a few, but uh, but we need to keep them coming in. So shoot it over to us, mspodcastcompany at gmail You can always give us a call five zero three six nine four nine three one four. We love to play the messages on the show. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. and of course we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Thank you so much. To our Patreon oh. subscribers, uh, it's five bucks, <laughs> bucks a month, and you can become a Scott's Tot. Um, we uh, like this week, this month, we're doing just every other week, or we're only doing two episodes, two on public episodes this month. But on Patreon, uh, we're going to continue to do our mailbag. Everyone, every month, this bonus mailbag episode. We did a second bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers. We did a draft uh, of our favorite single episode characters. 
No, sorry. We did that in sorry. a Yeah, we just drafted anti-draft. our least like yeah, we just like drafted episodes that we think could be like removed from the office entirely. Yes. Um uh and uh, and we're very proud uh, that uh, a lot of that money ends up uh, goes to supporting the show, but also we donate uh, we make a donation to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. We got another um, uh, about three hundred and fifty bucks going there this month. Bam! Awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing that with us. Um, that's awesome. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork. And uh, yeah, this episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video chat. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, every single week um, or every single episode. We, really and truly, we mean it. Uh, I'm sorry that we're only, you know, every other week this month, but we're hoping to get back to weekly here pretty soon. Um, so stay with us. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, but take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Where are the turtles? Dippity poppy, give me the song. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. sir. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.